Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 16. Today, I am chatting with Torrance Hart, the founder of Teak & Twine, a custom boutique gifting company. We're going to talk about how she broke into a niche market, a custom market, and how she garnered a big following in a short amount of time, and what it's like to be a military spouse on the move. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hello, Gold Diggers, and welcome to this super special episode. Today, I am interviewing Torrance Hart, the owner of Teak & Twine, which is an incredible and beautiful high-end gifting boutique where you can order online gifts for people that you love. And we're just going to dive super deep into owning an online shop and speaking to a super specific audience and about being a military spouse. So welcome, Torrance. Thanks, Jenna. Happy to be here. I'm so excited. So why don't we kick it off and why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about you, where you are, how you got there, and of course about your business. Yeah, sure thing. Well, I think like a lot of people, I did not take a direct route to what I'm doing now. I was actually in the Air Force for eight years and just got out in March. So about a year before I got out, I started thinking, you know, I want to try something else. I've always had a passion for entrepreneurship. I've always thought it would be cool to start my own business, but because I'm also a military spouse, I need something that can move with me. I need something that's super flexible. And so I thought maybe starting an online business would be the way to go for me. It could move with my husband. And it was something I was really interested in personally. So I started thinking about 
niches in the market and, and, you know, what I could get into and what I was passionate about and, you know, kind of dreamed up Teak and Twine. It's changed a little bit since, you know, the first vision that I had, but, you know, I started it a year and a half ago and here I am. It's been pretty cool. That's amazing. And we were chatting a little bit earlier and I told Torrance that I absolutely love what she does. And it's been super helpful because we've actually ordered and sent some of her incredible gift boxes to our friends. But I said that my assistant, Caitlin's love language is in gifting. And so usually I'll say, hey, I need to send something super special to this person. And within minutes, Caitlin will have like five different options all ready to go. And so it's been so fun to see how incredible and special and unique and custom gifting can be. And especially as a business owner who I, you know, we don't even have a target in our town or anything like that. So in order to go out and get a good gift box, man, that would take me a lot of time. And so it's been really fun to just discover this online shopping market that can really give custom and beautiful gifts to people. So I absolutely love how you put things together. Thanks, Jenna. I really appreciate it. Virtual hugs to Caitlin too for finding us. I mean, I think that's what first got me started. I've always been a person who just loved beautiful packaging and beautifully made products. And as I looked around and saw, you know, the gift baskets covered in cellophane, I just thought, I know that this can be better. I know that this can be more beautiful. I had this idea of combining products so that their packaging actually matched and making one color scheme that kind of seemed cohesive overall. And I'm so excited that it's resonating with other people too. It's awesome. That's amazing. So when you got started, I guess, what was your initial vision and how has it transformed in the short amount of time that you have been operating? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say on a smaller scale, once I already knew it was going to be, you know, I was going to go after this gifting market and create these gift boxes, I had started by noticing that wedding welcome gifts were becoming really popular for out-of-town guests. And at the time, I know when I was planning my wedding, there wasn't a service to put these together. It was either a do-it-yourself by the bride or something that the wedding planners had to make in those already busy and frantic last days before their wedding. So I thought, you know, I'll start and create these wedding welcome gifts. And then, of course, was just so surprised to have folks asking for client gifts and corporate gifts and bridesmaid gifts. And, you know, it's gone in so many different directions. And that's something I would suggest to everyone, you know, have a little bit of a seed of an idea, but then stay flexible enough to listen to what your customers are asking for and try to go with the flow. I love that. So for somebody that's offering products, because so many things and so many times when we talk about businesses, especially online businesses, they're more service-based. And so this is product-based. So what are some of the challenges that you have in terms of like offering products? Because you probably have to have an inventory. You have to handle the packaging and the shipping and putting everything together. What are some of the things that you maybe didn't expect when you started this business that have become a certain job role that either you or someone else has had to fill for you? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the responsibility and discipline of having a thousand chocolate bars in my house (laughs) at any given time 
was unexpected. I always say, remember, don't get high off your own supply. So try to think about that late at night while I'm watching Netflix. But no, I mean, the inventory is definitely tough. I've looked into different inventory and logistics management tools. And at this point, with the amount of products that we have, it's really just about spreadsheets and keeping everything super organized. I have everything on its own, you know, couple of shelves. And luckily I have a great husband because I tell you, we've got the study and two guest rooms and every closet packed and a two car garage with absolutely no room for cars. So, you know, maybe a warehouse is in the cards down the line, but right now it's taking a lot of flexibility and But there's a lot of good things that come with that too. You know, I've gotten to make awesome friends in the team that I've hired to help me put together the gift boxes. And it's been really exciting kind of dealing with the challenges as they come. That's awesome. So when you started, were you the one person of the business? And then what has that expansion looked like you for you over the last year? Like when do you have seasonal hires or how does that look in terms of running the shop? Cause there are just so many facets to, from orders to deliveries and all that goes in between. What does that look like now? Yeah, absolutely. So in the past year and a half, I think we've shipped out a little more than 4,000 gifts and it has been busy. It did start out just me. I answered the emails. I made the gifts. I drove to FedEx every day. And now luckily I have a team of about, you know, it goes between six to nine people, depending on the seasonality right now at with Christmas coming up, we're really amping up. And something that's important to me is I know that I started Teak and Twine because I wasn't happy with the, you know, in part because I I wasn't happy with the career options that were available to military spouses. It's really hard to have a really fulfilling career when you have to move all the time, when you might be living in really small towns in the middle of nowhere where you don't have a network. So I try to kind of circle that back around. And I've been able to hire nine military spouses in the past year that I work with. And that's something that has been really special. That's amazing. And what I love about your entrepreneurial spirit is that you've built something that can move with you as your life changes and progresses and you are in control of what that looks like. And I think a lot of times when people start off, they don't really have that vision of what it would look like. Like, what if I move or what if I have a baby or whatever those life events that could happen to you? And I love that you have this vision and this mission that intertwines with your life and what the reality of your life looks like. Because I think a lot of times we can get a really good idea, but we don't actually think five steps ahead of where we need to be when we begin. I hear you. And, you know, I've been talking a big game, but uh, it's going to, you know, I'm going to have to test it for the first time because we are actually moving in February and having a baby in May. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you so much. We're so excited. Less so about the move. Very excited about the baby. (laughs) But we are moving to a really, really small town in New Mexico. And, you know, I'm just so grateful every day that I get to one thing that's going to, you know, stay the same is I get to keep doing what I love every single day with a group of a similar group of military spouse women who are kicking butt. And, you know, I just want to say about 
working out of the house versus getting a warehouse. I got caught up a lot in the ego behind having a warehouse. You know, a business sometimes doesn't feel real because I don't have a storefront. I don't have, you know, an awesome warehouse that looks like it should be on Pinterest. But then stuff like this comes up where we're moving or I think about the future of having a baby and being able to work from home but still do what I love and stay really busy. And so I would say if your business, if it doesn't make sense for it to go out of the house, just embrace it and it's all good. And, and it really helps me keep that work-life balance, keeping it in the house right now. And so I'm just going with it, even if it does mean our dining room looks a little crazy sometimes. I love that. And I often talk about how a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we just feel like frauds, like like we're waiting to get found out because we're not what people expect us to be or what they think we should be. And as a photographer, I totally struggled with that. I've never, ever rented or owned a studio space in all my years of photography. And you do feel like you're not as legit. But the funny thing is, and what speaks to me more than that feeling is the fact that I don't have the overhead and the responsibility of handling that. And we've talked for years, like, what would it look like to get a meeting space to meet with clients? What would this look like to have a studio to shoot in? And all of those are other people's dreams. They're not my dream and they're just not fit in our lifestyle. And also I'm always like, I know if we got a studio space, I would want to fill it with beautiful furniture and all the decor. And all of a sudden that thing would escalate into this incredibly expensive overhead for my business, which would totally cut into my profitability. So I love that you brought that up because no one, I would have never, ever thought that you were less than, I didn't even know that warehouses were like a thing. (laughs) So I hope that makes you feel better because I think a lot of times we tell ourselves these lies in our head, like I would be more legit if, but the funny thing is, is anyone outside of your industry probably isn't even second thinking that, you know? Yeah, well, that's really cool to hear. And, and I totally hear you on the math too. You know, you sit down and you think, well, if I moved into a warehouse, how many more boxes a month would I have to sell? And if I were doing that, would I be able to offer the customization I do now? Would I be able to, you know, respond to as many emails as I do now? Would I be able to put as much love into each gift as I do now? You know, it might turn into a totally different business and one that I really didn't recognize or enjoy. So I'm kind of loving it like this. I love that. And I always just think too, I don't want to start the month in the red like start knowing that I need to book a certain amount in order to simply break even like that to me makes it become stress work. And I love to say like stress work is never our best work. And so I think too, when sometimes if you can dial it back and keep it simple, you're not entering a month saying I need to sell this much or book this much or work with this many clients just to break even to afford the things that might not actually be supporting my business in terms of a profit standpoint. So I love that. Definitely. So what does it look like for you? Is your business fairly seasonal? Are you busy year round about how many orders are you doing a day? Or does it just totally depend on what you're working on promotions, things like that? How does that work? And how have you navigated that as you started this endeavor and as it's kind of transitioned and grown? Sure. I would say our days vary from regular person busy where I get to do things like eat lunch to 
Insanity, which is basically November 10th through December, you know, 30th, which is just on complete lockdown. So we definitely are busiest around Christmas, but then we've got our little, you know, spring wedding season gets a bump, fall wedding season gets a bump and, and in there all the way is actually surprisingly even. I thought it would be a lot more all over the place, but I mean, that's another good thing about having low overhead is January is a pretty slow month for us, but it's not that stressful. You know, I can just enjoy it as a post-Christmas break instead of stressing about it. So basically I have folks come over. The whole team comes over on Monday and Tuesday. Those are our big shipping days. So those are really busy. And then each week kind of has a flow. On Wednesday, I do a lot of design work and mock-ups. On Thursday, I like to think about business growth and long-term goals. It's kind of a quieter time in the week for me to think about the business as a whole, maybe do some accounting. And then Friday, I start gearing up again and prepping for a smooth Monday. I love that. And I'm the same as you. I totally have an ebb and flow for my schedule each week. And I feel like it just kind of makes you feel a little bit safer when you approach a week and you kind of know what it's going to look like and you know you have direction. And I love that. One thing I've noticed about your brand, and I just think it is so compelling and so incredible, is that you are able to build quite a following on Instagram just sharing your products. And your imagery is insanely beautiful. Do you guys have an in-house photographer? Do you do the photography How do you do that? And then how do you, I mean, what would you attribute growing such a following to? Because your imagery is absolutely beautiful. So it's obviously working, but I would love to hear kind of your social strategy. Cause I think that, I mean, to have over 20,000 followers in a year's time, that's really, really incredible. Thanks Jenna. Well, coming from the queen of Instagram, that's a big compliment. My number one photography advice is a light box. It's this, I mean, for the photographers listening, they know, but it's a 20 to $30 white fabric cube that just diffuses light beautifully. So we just place the boxes inside of that cube and take a photo. And I mean, whether it's sunny or cloudy, we still get that beautiful, even light throughout the gift. So that's kind of my secret weapon. And then of course, the usual stuff, I you know, don't take photos unless it's really during daytime hours. And I just use my iPhone. So no fancy. Yeah. No fancy equipment here. Yep. (laughs) Wow. I'm really proud of you. You are like slaying out there, girlfriend. Thank you. Appreciate it. What do you think has been the hardest thing in terms of communicating your message? And what I was telling you before, when we hopped on You definitely have a boutique business, so it is very custom, and it speaks directly, I believe, to a very specific audience. And so what has that looked like in terms of figuring out, like, how do you communicate with these ideal clients? How do you get them to keep coming back for more? How do you give them an experience that is memorable in what you deliver, not just to them, the person that's buying it, but also to the person that receives it? So can you give us a little insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. So two of my favorite kind of business marketing authors are Seth Godin and Guy Kawasaki. And Seth Godin wrote a book, I think it was in Tribes, where he wrote basically, instead of thinking, 
what do I want to make? What do I love doing? Thinking of the product and then trying to go out and find an audience to sell to. Find what your audience is, who your audience is, who your tribe of people are, and then think about what they want. I mean, that's something that you do so well. And I know I was doing it backwards at first. So I started by thinking, well, I did some event planning in the Air Force. Maybe I should be a wedding planner, but I really didn't have anything new to bring to that industry. But then I started thinking, well, this niche of creative, design-focused, young professionals, you know, this is the tribe that I relate to. And what do they need? You know, I think that what they need is a place that's going to make gifting easier. It's going to make it more beautiful. You know, Amazon has made gifting easy, but has taken the love and personalization out of it. If I can find a way to bring those two together, I think that is something that my tribe needs. So kind of on a bigger scale, I would say thinking about your audience before your product really helped me. And then when I read Guy Kawasaki's book called Enchantment, It just changed my perspective on customer service. He basically says to take each interaction with a client or honestly anyone that you run into in your business as an opportunity not just to meet their expectations, but to completely blow them away, to enchant them with your product and your service, and to create an evangelist out of them with your brand. And so that's what I really try to do. I tell all of the folks who come work with me that we're a customer service brand that just happens to sell gift boxes because that's how strongly I feel about it. And I really want to channel, you know, our clients are putting so much trust in us to represent the brand they've so lovingly created or the business that they work in. And that's a huge responsibility. So we just take that really seriously. And I think that that's definitely helped us. I know we have a really high percentage of clients who come back to us month after month and year after year. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Just it's a great way in your heart to run a business. And it's also great for your bottom line. I love that. And You know, it's so interesting and just a testament to your heart in that is you probably wouldn't be on this podcast if you hadn't sent such a sweet message after we ordered from you last week. And it was so funny. We ordered one of her beautiful gift boxes to send to our friends. And she literally wrote like, thank you so much for your order. I've been loving your emails and can't wait for your podcast to launch. And I almost deleted it just thinking it was like a canned response. Like, hey, thanks for ordering, you know? Yeah. And It's just crazy because even just that extra minute that you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, she knows who I am. She's following actually. And like that created such a connection from me to you, which would have never been done if you would have just had a thanks for your order, you know? And so it's pretty incredible how just going that one extra step in your business can create some incredible opportunities and just friendships and relationships. 
That's a really cool story. I like that. I mean, Jenna would never embarrass me on this podcast, but I told her before when we were chatting that when the first order from her came in, my employees, uh, friends started screaming from the other room. Oh my God, Jenna Kutchner just bought a box. And we all kind of had a mini freak out session. So, you know, it was total genuine emotion that came through in this email. And that's something I try to hold on to, even though we've gotten to make gifts for big businesses and wedding industry folks that I never thought I would get the chance to work with. I try to keep that excitement about every order. Like, wow, like this is so cool. I love that. And that's, I mean, that's huge in just staying passionate too. And I think it's really easy to, once you get comfortable in your business to forget about celebrating because we're always on to the next thing and on to the next project and we have our head down so much, but it's just so exciting to say like, look at how far this dream has come and look at what we've been able to do and look at the people we've been able to serve through our vision, which I think is amazing. Exactly. So I, I love want that. for you to tell me a little bit, cause I'm just curious on my own behalf about what your custom process looks like, because as a wedding photographer and a higher end wedding um, photographer, I have always struggled because I want to give my clients something awesome. And so for years, I would like go to Target and buy all these little trinkets and then find the boxes and put them all together. But they were never quite what I had envisioned. And some years I would send out to like the first 10 clients and forget about the last 10. And it was just always something on the to-do list that I never felt was executed up to the standards of what my brand is and what it should be. So can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like in terms of working with somebody who has a custom idea or a custom vision to deliver for clients or whatever that might look like? Sure. Happy to. So basically we would start talking with the, let's say wedding photographer, and I would ask them either over the phone or through email, you know, tell me about where you're from and what your photography is like and what kinds of clients are your dream clients. Tell me about your branding and your website and what kinds of words you would use to describe your brand. And then we kind of take all that information and we put together a mock-up where we basically design a gift with that in mind and then send a photo of it to our client. And we always say, you cannot hurt our feelings. Like this is a starting point. Let's tweak it until it is exactly what you were hoping for. Exactly something that looks like it's just in line with the rest of your brand. So what I like thinking of is I know how much work I put into my logo, my business cards, my stationery, my website. I want these gifts to feel like a natural extension of that brand, like they were designed at the same time as your business cards so that everything that you're sending out to the client looks and feels a certain way. You know, how many clients do you think that you're expecting to book this year? Let's say five. And then we put aside the inventory for those five gifts so that all you have to do is write us and say, Hey, I just booked someone. Here's their address. This is what I would like the note to say. And we send it on their way. And that's another thing that we try to do is if you want to send us, I, I keep saying you, if a person wants to send us their collateral, 
then we'll include their business cards, their stationery, handwrite a note onto it and put it in an unbranded box so that this is not about our brand. We think this is all about the client's brand and we want their collateral, their logo and their look to be the star of the show. That is amazing. Man, I think you just got a client out of me because I'm like, this is exactly what I need. I think, too, we have the best of intentions. um, But as business owners, and you know this better than anyone else, we're caught wearing so many hats. And all of a sudden, it's like we're just trying to stay afloat or get through our inbox. You know, we don't have time to run out and buy beautiful packaging and custom stamps and all of those little things. And so, What an incredible gift to be able to take that and then to be able to deliver up to that brand standards. Because I know if I went to our local Target, I probably wouldn't find the beauty of the things that you offer. And also just the curation factor of putting it all together in a way that resonates in just the way it looks, but also the way it makes people feel. And I love that you talk about how you focus on making people feel, because I think that's often overlooked in businesses, but it is probably one of the most important parts of a brand and having something that keeps people coming back. And it's the fun part too. You know, when, when we get nice responses from clients, I file them away under a file in my inbox called smile. (laughs) And you know, those are the things that just really keep you going because of course you have days where it's just crazy busy and a package got lost in a snowstorm and everything crazy is happening but getting an email from someone that you went above and beyond I mean not that you're doing it for selfish reasons but it does feel awesome oh we need those reminders I have a folder that Caitlin made in my inbox called fans reaching out and she's like if I ever have a bad day she's like you need to go in there for 10 minutes and then we will talk because it's easy to remember that one bad thing that one bad experience that one bad voice that one bad comment over the hundreds of good ones and I think that so many of us in deep down inside of us we really want to be people pleasers and we want to make people happy But I have learned, and I think we all have, that you can't make everyone happy. And that's okay, too. But I love that you have that. What has been the biggest challenge in having this business? I mean, I get nervous just thinking about shipping things. And so I'm sure that, you know, that plays a role in it. But what's been, you know, the hardest part about all of this for you? Right. So at each of these points, I've had to kind of struggle with, Should I be taking every opportunity that comes to me or am I looking for a happy medium? And maybe I'm making decisions that don't make my business, quote unquote, scalable in a business sense, but they do feel really good because I'm able to take a lot of time and heart into each client. And so I'm looking to find that balance. I love that. And I think it's so hard as a business owner because we get sucked into what other people's ideas of success are. And it can really cloud our vision in saying like, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Is my business enough? And, you know, we get caught up in things like numbers and followers and all of that stuff. And 
navigating that on your own is something that I don't think is talked about often because a lot of us have come from other jobs or even just family units where we've been told what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. And I know even when I left corporate America, it was so hard to go to being a boss and not having someone saying, you're doing great, or here's a bonus, or take this day off, you deserve it. And all of a sudden, you're left to try to judge, is is this enough? Is this right? Am I doing okay? And so I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I definitely have gotten caught up in, I call it like the cocktail party answer. You know, I don't know if you felt this way when you worked in corporate America, but when I was in the military, I had a great cocktail party answer, you know, like this is what I do. People knew what that was. Now my cocktail party answer is really confusing and it doesn't make sense and it requires a lot of explanation and I don't know. That's okay though, you know, because I'm a lot happier than I was before when I might've had a better answer. So Totally. And I had the longest title ever when I was in corporate and it was the executive team leader of human resources. And again, you feel like a sense of worth in saying that. And I always joke that I remember the first time when I actually told somebody I was a photographer, it was in the dentist chair. And I felt like for so long, I'd be like, I'm a photographer, but I also have this full-time job or I'm a photographer and, and you always feel like you have to legitimize things or let people know like, no, I am a legit business owner. Like I have a business and I've just learned that it's not our responsibility to have to do that. The people that are interested will ask the questions so that they can know what we do, but it's, it's a total brain shift and it's kind of a scary transition. Exactly. Yeah, I've definitely got the answers that are kind of the verbal equivalent of like pets on the head. Like, that's nice, honey. (laughs) Right. um, You know, then other people are really curious. So you just, I don't know, I'm not doing a very good job of it. But I guess you just have to care less and just be stoked about what you're doing. What for you has been, you know, those hard things on your heart as you've navigated owning a business? Like what has been the things that have like crept in the fears and that kind of stuff that you didn't expect or you weren't prepared for? Because I think we all go through those, especially when we're just starting out. Yeah. So something that I kind of defined in the beginning was I see some businesses that are very much about the product. Like let's say Artifact Uprising. I follow them on Instagram, but I have no idea who founded the company. I have no idea who runs the company. I don't know what they look like. I don't know their story, but I love their products. And then there are businesses like, well, like you, you know, you where your heart and your life and your experiences are the brand. And I kind of made the decision in the beginning that I, I wasn't sure I felt comfortable being the second one that I just wanted to be the product based business that, you know, was defined by the product and the service, but where I wasn't necessarily part of the story. But as social media has been such an important part of our growth and has given so much to the business, I struggle with outlets like Instagram or, you know, now Instagram stories in thinking, should I be, you know, talking to the camera? Should I be 
showing what my office looks like? Should I be talking about my challenges as a business owner? And honestly, I'm not sure what the answer for that is for me yet, because it just, it doesn't ever feel true to the business. I would kind of rather just be in the background and just be crunching numbers. But I know that I have a real emotional pull with businesses that let themselves be a little bit vulnerable where I feel like I know the team and I'm almost a part of the team just being a customer. So I kind of see both sides and I'm still trying to figure that out. That's, I'm so glad you brought this up because what I, and I wasn't shocked per se, but to have garnered such a following in only sharing your product. I was super impressed with that. And I think that speaks to the quality of your imagery. But it's so interesting because I obviously when I teach and stuff, I work with a lot of shops and things like this. And for me personally, as a consumer, I am like you where I connect with the story and the heart and the vision and the people and you know, if I love Torrance, then I automatically love everything that she's selecting and pulling out and curating. And it creates that level of trust that I have found as a consumer is very important to me, especially in boutique situations like boutique shops or experiences. And so what I've been so amazed by when I was digging deeper on you is, I mean, you really don't share a ton of you And yet you found this success. And I don't think there is a right or a wrong way by any means, because you've clearly been incredibly successful. I just thought it was so interesting because even in my courses, like I will teach, like people need to love you. They need to see you. They need to know you. And knowing that you've gone through that struggle of what that's going to look like, I think that's, I mean, that speaks to your heart in this, because I think you have, you share a similar heart, like Torrance and Teak and Twine share a very similar heart, but I think you've also created that separation, which can give you a little bit more balance in your life too. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth, right? Because the good thing about doing it the way that I have been is that it's very safe. I mean, I, I read things like you don't need to get upset over, you know, likes or don't take it personally. I don't, right? Because it's not personal. If a photo bombs, that's okay. You know, people like pink boxes more than brown boxes and blue boxes. And and it's just about the product. So I'm able to take feedback and constructive criticism really easily. Whereas if it was me out there, then it would be a lot tougher. But on the other hand, you know, I did your mini course on the about page and then read and (laughs) I went and read mine. It's like Jenna 101 disaster (laughs) about page. Um, And so I do think that there are definitely places to grow. And I think for me, there's going to be a happy medium where I get a little bit braver about being part of the product, but, uh, you know, figuring it out. All about navigating. And I do, from a marketing standpoint, I love that you can genuinely use your Instagram engagement as a means of seeing if you're on track or if there's a desire for your product. So I don't think that there's anything wrong about that. And if you want to pick up that free bio about me training, you can get it in the show notes for this episode at golddigger.com. We'll make sure we include that. It's a really fun training just to help you beef up your bio and really create that connection that Torrance is talking about. 
So Torrance, if you had any advice to give to somebody who is contemplating starting a business or in the trenches of starting a business, what would that be for you? Man, I would say in the first one, I would kind of go back to thinking about your audience before the product. But if you've dove in and already gotten started, then I would just say, keep going, keep kicking butt. Collaborations are awesome because they not only, you know, are a great marketing and social media tool, but I know that I am pushed the most creatively when another creative person is expecting something from me. And that's when I've kind of pushed the boundaries the most. So if you feel like you're maybe haven't felt creative in a while, that might be a way to jumpstart it. And where can everyone find you online in your beautiful shop? So our store is at www.teakandtwine.com. And that's teak like the wood is spelled, A-N-D, twine like the string. And if you haven't started your business yet, then I suggest starting one with a name that you don't have to explain (laughs) and spell out every single time you say it. Please learn from me on that. We're on Instagram at Teak and Twine and really on all the social media at Teak and Twine. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so incredible just to hear about your journey and your business. And I want you to know you have a customer for life from me. And so I can't wait to see how you navigate your move and everything else. But thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you, Jenna. And thank you for all the great information you put out. It has definitely made a difference to me and my business. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone there. Oh, well, you are so welcome. If you want to see today's show notes, go to golddigger.com. We'll make sure we have links to the shop and everything that Torrance has talked about today. And you can also get a hold of that free training that we're offering. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.